Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, I am recording. Hi, everyone, and welcome to... Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Fumble with myself, Vernon Kay, and the main man, Mr. Darren Fletcher. Darren, what a week in the NFL. Now, usually we don't get bogged down in stories and highlights that we see on the internet and in the papers and this, that, and the other. But this week, we've got to talk about some of the headlines that have, that have lit up the NFL. Yeah, it's been mad. This is one of the few weeks where we're actually sitting down with no plan because it's just going to pretty much take care of itself. Um, so many things to talk about. We've got a big announcement to make as well during the course of the podcast that we mentioned last week, but we couldn't say. We can now, so that's great. Um, just to get us off to a slightly lighter mood, I know we always like to say, how you been? You all right? You know, what's been happening? Just before I sat down, I had a delivery. And sometimes you can have exciting deliveries. You know, when you've, you've bought something and you're excited for it to come. Well, today, my friend, I have had delivered gel active everyday insoles which have just arrived from uh, amazon i've got some dog walking boots that i've had for 15 years by the way bought a pair of timberland boots 15 years ago and i still walk the dog in them now but they're just starting to go at the back make them a heel sore sorted that out gel active everyday amazing comfort for busy feet I am now good to go. As long as and that, ladies and right. gentlemen, is the main reason why you download, rate and comment about the Fumble podcast with Vernon Kate and Darren Fletcher. It's all about the insoles, not the arseholes. Well done, Darren. <laughs> Congratulations. That could be the new slogan. The yeah. Fumble podcast. It's about the insoles, not the arseholes. That, that could be the way. That could be the way forward, couldn't it? That's a classic. Yeah. Uh, but you would imagine... Uh, that a lot of finger-pointing of arseholes has been done in Pittsburgh. Let's go there first, Darren. Oh, I, I don't recall too many playoff games where I've seen a team come out so flat. And I don't want the Browns fans saying, well, it was about us. And yes, it was. The Browns were brilliant at capitalising on the, the way the Steelers started. But to stand there for the opening play of the game and you've got the two most experienced players on the Pittsburgh roster you know, Pouncey the centre to Roethlisberger, the quarterback, snaps the ball over his head. And to give up seven points, 
from the first play of the game, when you when you've won the toss and got the ball, it was mad. The last time I saw anything like it, and I'm casting my mind back, and you'll remember this really well when I say it, it was the Super Bowl in in New Jersey, and it was Denver, and it went over Peyton Manning's shoulder, and it gave Seattle all the early momentum, and they never relinquished it, and, and they won the Super Bowl, and Denver were favourites going in, and it was a similar scenario last week, wasn't it? You know, Pittsburgh heavily favoured, big play like that, opening play of the game. Never recovered, despite how well he played in the second half. Favoured by some, Darren. (laughs) By everyone. (laughs) I was hoping you might have forgotten. Yeah. You had a good week last week, didn't you? Had a pretty decent week, I'll be honest with you. Uh, But let's talk about Pittsburgh. People in the media are saying, right, Big Ben has got to ask himself one question, one question only. Is he going to be back next year? Yeah, I don't like this with a quarterback. I think you're either all in or you can't play that position in the league. And he's a wonderfully talented person and he's been a great quarterback for Pittsburgh. And he showed this year that he's still the best option that they have to be the quarterback of that team. But I think you have to be completely invested. I'm not necessarily sure that he's been completely invested in being an NFL quarterback for for three or four years now. And I think the loss at the weekend against Cleveland will hit him hard. Certainly the manner of it. Um, because I think, you know, mid-season, they were everybody's Super Bowl favourites. They were playing some great football. They looked like the complete team, offence and defence. The special teams was good as well. And it was difficult. I mean, they were talking about the perfect season at one stage. They were playing that well. And for it to end in the manner that it has, I think we'll go one of two ways. It will either completely extinguish the Roethlisberger fire or it will bring him back at a level in terms of determination to win that we've not seen for quite some time. Let's not spend too much time on the losing team because I think Cleveland deserve a lot of plaudits. Uh, Baker Mayfield in particular, he's, he's, he's a fiery character. I've, I'll be honest with you, I hold my hands up ever since he entered the league. I've never liked him because I think he's too inconsistent. But you put something up on our WhatsApp group, our winner-takes-all WhatsApp group, where we talk mainly about fantasy football and the ongoings of, of the NFL. And you came out with a comment, which I thought was, 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 as always, Darren, from your good self. It was a good, a good sentence that you'd built, and it was true of the playoffs. You said, in the playoffs, all you need is a strong running game and a damn good defence. And the Cleveland Browns were exactly that. Yeah, I, I think that the, the magical, creative passing attacks in the main are brilliant for the regular season. But NFL football changes when you get to the playoffs. And I've been fortunate and you've been fortunate to be in a stadium to watch a game in the playoffs. And it's a different feel. Teams tighten up. They don't get looser. They get tighter. They don't want to be the player that makes the mistake. They don't want to be the unit that costs the team the win. So they they make it, I think, more basic football. And they also officiate the games differently. They allow defensive backs to be more physical with the receiver. So it makes it more difficult if you rely on the pass. Now, I know people straight away will throw Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City at me, and they're quite right that there is an outstanding passing team that when the chips were down in the Super Bowl last season, they lent on that aspect of their game and it it won it for them. But I think if you look back to the weekend that we've just had, you know, the Denver, the the Cleveland victory was all about, for me, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the two running backs, and the way the offensive line played, and they made plays on defence when they needed to. I think about the Rams in Seattle. If they don't have Cam Akers, they don't win. You know, Cam Akers on the ground, and the number one rated defence in the NFL is the reason why the Rams are going to play 
this weekend against the Green Bay Packers. I look at the Saints. You know, the Saints will go as far as Alvin Kamara and their defence will take them. This is not going to be about Drew Brees in this playoff run. The Baltimore Ravens will run the ball and play defence. They did it last week against Tennessee. And more importantly, they stopped Tennessee running the ball to the level they wanted to. And when you stop that in the playoffs, you've got a real chance to win. And I, and I just think it's a... When you look at this, when, when you make your pre-season picks every year, don't just go for the flashy team who think they can put 50 points on the board every week because they've got three great wide receivers, a number one quarterback and a bit of a flaky D. Because when it gets to the playoffs, you've got to play different football. The climactic conditions are different too. You know, you're going to go to Green Bay this week if you're the Rams. You've got no chance of throwing the ball in those conditions. So you've got to ride Cam Akers. You need Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd to make plays when the the Packers' offence is on the field if you're going to win. So to me, it's just a different game when the playoffs start. And it's not this year, it's not last year, it's not the year before. It's every year. You know, it's it's the reason why the, the teams win the Super Bowl. The, the, the team that, that can that can run the ball, can control the clock, limits mistakes, can get turnovers on defence, they're the teams that win. It was really impressive. What, what did you take from that game from Baker Mayfield's leadership? Is he, is he becoming the quarterback that everyone hoped he would be after he left college? Because yeah. let's not forget, he was very, very, very highly rated coming out of college. I'm a little bit conflicted on him because I don't know whether to the outside world there are questions with his leadership, but internally in the, in the Browns locker room, it all seems OK. I don't think he's the problem in there. I think there are other players within that locker room that cause a greater distraction than Baker Mayfield. And you can never doubt his toughness, which is always a, a good sign of, of leadership. Um, and, and, and his ability to try and win. I mean, he's a fierce competitor. Do you know what I think is, goes against him? Is the fact that the Browns organisation drafted Johnny Manziel before him, Johnny Football, who was, you know, a character. He had his issues both on the field and off the field. And then you bring in Baker Mayfield and there is that doubt from the outside world that Baker Mayfield could be that character if he ends up going into the wrong group of people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, and, I, and I think if you look at the, the styles of the two quarterbacks, there are similarities. Size, there's a similarity. I also feel that when you come from a, a quarterback class that is supposed to be generational, and when you think about the class he came from, it was Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. And there was a lot of discussion about who was going to be picked first, who was going to go second. And then it's this race to get the ring. And we had it, didn't we, with the class of, of Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. And there was a group that came out. And before that, Dan, o, Dan Marino, Ken O'Brien, Todd Blackledge, Jim Kelly. You occasionally get one year where, right, where four or five come out at the same time. And I think that puts extra pressure on those individuals because they're almost expected to win the Super Bowl. And when they, they find it hard to settle into life as an NFL quarterback, I think the criticism is more fierce than it is for other people. I also think he's not helped by the fact that he does say what he thinks and he is an individual and he is a character. And that can be black or white, can't it, in terms of how that's perceived. And he's never going to get away from the video from when he was at Oklahoma and he tried to run away from the police and dived over the hedge. So there are one or two contributing factors as to why Baker Mayfield's looked upon as he is. But look, he's gone into Pittsburgh and he's won. 
You know, mm. he's a Cleveland quarterback that's won a game in the playoffs, which puts him in pretty rarefied air for the last two or three decades. So he's already done whatever they wanted him to. And, and if he can win this week um, against the Chiefs, then they'll start building the statue outside, won't they? So you get winners and losers every every playoff run. And, and Baker Mayfield might turn out to be one of the big winners in terms of the perception of him by the end of it all. And, and finally on this game, or the game against the Chiefs, I don't want to go into it too much because I think we know what we're going to expect. We've got the flair, the razzmatazz of Kansas City. And the Browns really are playing the bad boy role, aren't they? And I think, I'm going to put it out there, but I think if the Browns can play four quarters of aggressive, dominant defence, I think they've got a chance, Darren. I really yeah, do because yeah, you've got yeah. to, the one thing you've got to do, and I know they've got great receivers and I know they've got a competent running game. It's not the best, it's competent, right? In my opinion, if I was any defensive coordinator, I would take Travis Kelsey out of the game. Get rid of him because he's your guy who's going to get you three quick yards, five quick yards, short dump passes to the flats in the middle. He's a good, strong, powerful tight end who is your Mr. Go-To for Patrick Mahomes. Get rid of him. You've got a chance of winning this game. Yep, I I think they've got a chance as well, Vernon, and that chance is no chance. I think they go in this week and they get exposed for, for what they are. But... The caveat I would put in is that the playoffs, one play can change it. A a sack, an interception, a mistake like we saw in Pittsburgh. One situation like that has a greater impact on a team in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. Things have only got to go wrong once for everything to unravel. And it takes me back to a year ago in that very stadium when Houston went out to the big lead And they had the decision whether they go for it or they punt. And the moment that decision was the wrong decision, the entire game flipped on its head. And in the blink of an eye, Mahomes has got the Chiefs back level and there's no way back then for for Houston. And that kind of turned on one decision. So there is that always in the back of someone's mind that when you get to this stage, if you can get one or two big plays on defence or offence during the course of the 60 minutes, it can make such a difference, way more difference than it would in in the regular season, because I said right at the start of all this, there's more impact on everything that happens because you know in the back of your mind, you can't come back next week and put it right. So that just tips the balance sometimes. The team that impressed me the most this week were my, I think, and your Super Bowl pick. I was so impressed by what I saw from Baltimore in Tennessee. And they looked like a bit of a bully. You know, they stared down the big man in the backfield, Derek Henry, and limited him to 40 yards, which is a phenomenal achievement when you think about the season he's had. Lamar Jackson now looks like a man on a mission. They're relatively healthy on offense. They've got a lot of options there. He's throwing the ball better than he has all year. You know, Hollywood Brown is a factor. I wouldn't want to play them by any stretch. I think it's going to be the game of the weekend. Ravens at Bills. I think it's going to be outstanding. I don't think you want to miss a single minute of any quarter because you've got two teams there on top of their game very imaginative, good young quarterbacks, big play offensive players all over the place. I think that's going to be a classic. I think it's interesting that a lot of people have noticed that Lamar is no second thinking running out the pocket. You can tell that he's been told, and I would imagine that Harbour's given him the iron fist, only run when you have to run. Mm. I think Baltimore are seriously thinking about the health of their quarterback. I really do. Because 
He had a couple of good runs against Tennessee and everyone went ballistic. But then there were a couple of times where he stood in the pocket and he didn't go for the obvious run. He waited for his check downs. He waited for his receivers to come free and took a sack here and there. And I think that's the interesting point that were, that will be a game changer for the Ravens. I really do think that Lamar Jackson's self-control in the pocket is the key to this game. You're probably right. And, and, and is that, do you think... Because the Bills are going to go after it. They are. Whether they can get there is another matter. Do you think that is just down to the fact that he's learning lessons and that he's maturing into the position? Because I think he's an easy target. And the general consensus when he came out was that if he's only going to last in the NFL for four or five years, then he's going to be so banged up that his body won't be able to take it. He spent time with Robert Griffin III. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to him. And I honestly think that Harbour and Robert Griffin III have said, listen, dude, if you run the way you're running, you are not going to survive this game for more than two or three years. Just relax. Let's work on your technique. Let's work on your, on your footwork. Let's work on your throwing mechanics. And let's get you in that pocket instead of forcing you to run and you know, open you up to injury. I think that's been an influence. I really, really do. I also think, you know, that this is trending towards, and I think we spoke about this last year, this is trending towards an absolutely unbelievable championship weekend. Because if you kind of follow the form, you're going to get Brady against Rodgers for the NFC championship game. <laughs> to see those two on the well, wow. The other side of it, you would expect Kansas City to beat Cleveland, I think, this weekend. And then you're going to get potentially Kansas City against either Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. For, for the right to go to, to Tampa for the Super Bowl. I, mean, I, I just think it's going to be such a good... I just don't want any of the underdogs to, to knacker it up because I'm so excited by the prospect of <laughs> Kansas City against Baltimore and then Green Bay against Tampa Bay. I know. And, and you know, on this podcast, we are, we are very sentimental when it comes to the past. But if you look at that AFC conference championship that could potentially be the Browns and the Bills... <laughs> <laughs> old school I tell you something Vern you know when you talk about we like to go back to the past if, if we if I think about my first season watching the NFL the teams that we've got left the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs that season 8-8 eight eight, lost to the Miami Dolphins Kansas City Chiefs stunk the Rams played the Bears in the NFC Championship game with a quarterback called Dieter Brock who I think is still in the hospital after what the Bear defence did to him that day. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers were awful. The Saints, they were wearing bags on their heads in the Superdome that year. The Buccaneers were the worst team in the league that year. The second worst record that year was the Buffalo Bills. And the Baltimore Ravens didn't exist because they were the Cleveland Browns of old. So when you think of how the league's changed in the time that we've been watching it, to see that group of teams in the last eight would have been impossible back in 85 when I first watched this sport. It's mad. It really would. It really would. But also, I keep thinking, playoffs for me, it's John Elway at Cleveland, Ernest Biner, I think it was. Fumbled, he fumbled. Yeah. And it was cold. It was icy. It was snowy. It was perfect football conditions. It was. It was. Yeah, that was a great that was a great Browns team. I used to like the two cornerbacks, Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield. They used to <laughs> <laughs> see it was good back then because 
it was seen as quite trendy and fun that the Cleveland supporters threw batteries at the opposition. I mean, these days it would be frowned upon, wouldn't it? But of well, course, GBA. if you were throwing batteries at dog biscuits, you were the coolest man in the room. And the, the place was falling apart, wasn't it, the stadium? It's made of wood. It was falling yeah. apart back then. Yeah. yeah it yeah. was mad. It was Good mad. Times. I'll tell you another one that, that, that we've got to talk about this week, and we preempted this on the fumble a couple of weeks ago. The Eagles have fired Doug Peterson, a coach that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago who went into the final quarter of a game that mattered a lot in the NFC, decided to play a quarterback who didn't deserve to be on an NFL field instead of his starter, has now been let go. Either he's left or he's been let go, whatever it is. Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, said one or two nice things about him. He says he might now take a year off, which I think he might need to do to, to rebuild his reputation. But I thought there was a sense of finality about this from the moment he made that decision to sit Jalen Hurts and play Nate Sudfeld in the final game, which essentially cost the Giants a place in the playoffs, potentially. So we talked about it in depth and we got a little bit of flack, not flack, but there was a lot of reaction from what we thought about Doug Peterson and the way that the Philadelphia Eagles threw that game at the end of the season, okay? Because they did. He won a Super Bowl three years ago against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Now, I know that form is only temporary in the NFL and winning is done the moment the final whistle goes. It's forgotten about. It really is in the NFL. It's a brutal, brutal, brutal business sport. But surely you give your guy more respect than he's been given in Philadelphia. I, I I disagree. I, I think. So do you think it's so, this decision is solely because of the way they threw that last game of the season? I think it's. I think if you've got a sixteen games in a season, an NFL career is really short. So to get the buy-in of fifty-three egotistical men is difficult in the first place. All of which are in such a a small percentage of the United States population to actually play in the NFL. So these are special athletes, whether you're the worst of the 53 or the best. To pull all those people together, there has to be an innate belief in the person at the top of the chain. So they have to believe in the head coach that he can win them a Super Bowl. And I think when you've gone through a season like they have, where you've ultimately only won six games, and they've been on a steady decline since that great day in in Minneapolis when they beat New England in one of the classic Super Bowl matchups. There's been a steady decline anyway. So the the rot seemed like it has started to set in. When you then take the decision in the final game of the season to do what he did, and a player like Zach Ertz, who's one of your leaders in the locker room and one of the men that you rely upon and one of your most important players, comes out and says what he says, there will be a, a bigger percentage than that within the room who also feel the same, who might not be empowered or at the stage of their careers where they feel they can come out and make that public. So I think by what Zach Ertz said, that pretty much tells you that there was a a pretty widespread disagreement with what he did in the room. I think once you do that and you lose the belief in the man at the top, I don't know how you get it back without eliminating 75% of the 53 people in there, which is a a long job and a big job and an impossible job um, in one off season you've probably got to go the other way and lose the fellow at the top that's made the decision in the first place. And I think once that happens, once you lose the belief in the leader, you've got no chance. And I think he, you say he, he 
he put a nail in his own coffin. He probably absolutely nailed the lid down because yeah. I don't know how you go back. I don't know what you say to Zach Ertz over the off-season to convince him that you're not going to do it again, to convince him that you are as committed to winning as he is. And, and that, I think, is, is his biggest issue. I think this is why when you get people say, oh, they should tank, you can't. You can't turn on whether you want to win or lose. It's impossible. The reason you got to the league in the first place is because you're a winner, because you've got that inner drive and determination that other people don't have. You can't then turn that off because you might get a better quarterback the year after or a better draft pick or whatever it is. Crackers. The notion is bizarre. Mm. You could see a coach potentially going down that route under pressure from his general manager if they need to retool the roster. I get that. I see it. I still think it's unlikely. But I think when he did what he did, it makes the position untenable if your players have sussed it and they know what you've done and they disagree. You can't do it. It's like you as a father. If you start doing things that the girls look at and go, what is he doing? The respect that they have for you now would gradually start to go and they'd be thinking, me dad's a total nut job here. Because <laughs> you know, you, you are a leader. You know, You are a person that, that they look up to and that is the role that Doug Peterson plays in Philadelphia and he he didn't take that responsibility in my opinion seriously enough and he's paid the ultimate price and I think it'll be difficult for him when he goes for interviews because if he came into my room and he sat down and it, and I, the first thing I'd say is have you got beyond throwing games yet because I want to win every week I don't want a coach who I don't know whether he's going to try and win or not I don't want 15 minutes of the game to go and you've got a guy on the field who shouldn't be there. Oh. That's my first question, Vern. Oh, that great. That hurts. Yeah. That really hurts. Really hurts. What would you yeah. ask him? No, you're right. You're right, Darren. I agree. I agree. But there is that element, you know, that he did win them a Super Bowl and it's what Philadelphia have always wanted. He got them a Super Bowl. So I hope they do something to honour him but I, un- I understand why they got rid of him. I really do. That's outside the stadium of him and Nick Foles for the, the Philly special. Yeah. You'll never take that away. No. So that's his legacy, a bronze statue. And I'm interested to see what you think on this. I can't recall too many times when a Super Bowl winning coach has been given such a short leash after. You know, as you say, you know, you think about some of the coaches there. I mean, Sean Payton's had one or two ups and downs since he won his only Super Bowl with the Saints. Mm. Uh, John Harbaugh has had ups and downs as the Ravens coach since he won his Super Bowl with them. But there's never really been a move to get rid of them. And as you say, it's only three years. And a lot of people are still on that roster that won in Minneapolis who, who, who are still there now. It, it's, a, it's a really short period of time from winning a Super Bowl to losing your job happens very rarely, I would say. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how quickly he gets picked up by another another team or whether he does actually re-enter the league after everything that happened on the last game of the season. It's interesting to see that Dan Quinn is now a defensive coordinator at Dallas, you know, former Atlanta head coach who took the Falcons to a Super Bowl and then they got absolutely blasted in the second half against the Patriots. But it's good to see that he's got a job because, you know, the, the, the coaching... Uh, what do they call it? Lazy Susan, I guess, is always rotating in the NFL. It really is. And and I'd like to see 
I can't wait to find out who's going to go where and which new coaches are going to be put in place. That some of these big franchises that are now coachless. Well, there's, there's trouble brewing in Chicago because they've decided to bring everybody back. So Ryan Pace, the general manager, is back. Matt Nagy, the head coach, is back. Um, they've not decided yet what they're going to do with the quarterback, although the owners said that they've got to get a better one. Where are they going to get one from? I've got no idea picking 20th in the draft. Chuck Pagano, the, the defensive coordinator who um, has had a bit of a stinker of a year, he's decided to retire. So that's the one good thing that came out this week. But there is absolute uproar in the city of Chicago because they wanted everybody out. They wanted to see the back of the GM, the head coach, the, 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 the vice president of football operations, Ted Phillips, Trubisky, they were looking to drive him anywhere in the US that they could get to within six hours just to get him off the payroll. So I don't know what's going to happen to our Bears, but it's going to be fascinating this offseason to see um, what they can possibly do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, well, are you thinking about the rumblings of Deshaun Watson? In oh, listen, if you could trade for Deshaun Watson, you've got to give up what you need to give up. You know, I think in the cold light of day, it's, it's a difficult decision to say, we'll give you our number one draft pick for the next four years. It's a hard thing to do because that's probably what you'd need to do to get Deshaun Watson. You've probably got to give up four number ones because he's young, his best years are, are ahead of him, and he's a top five NFL quarterback. So, But you think about it. If, if, if in four years' time, right, I stood Deshaun Watson there and then put the four number ones in a line, some of which won't work, by the way. So some of which yeah. will be a bust. Yeah, statistically. I there and went, would you do the deal now? I think pretty much all the time you go, yeah, I would, yeah. I wish I'd have done it back then, but I can't do it now. So I think if you can get – you can't win in the NFL without a proper quarterback. You can't. So if you're a team like Chicago, I haven't got one. If they turn around and go, we need four picks. If you're prepared to go up two for Khalil Mack, you must be prepared to give up four for Deshaun Watson. And you're going to get a decade out of him. So I would do it. If, if, I, if, I, if I was a GM and I'm not, it's the reason why I'm not, because I'd do it. If you can get Deshaun Watson and you've got to give up the farm, you give it up. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This kind of chance doesn't come around. Since I've watched the NFL, I don't think I can recall a quarterback of this quality becoming available at this stage of his career. Mm. the only other time I can really think of and, and people will, will remind me of this because I'm probably missing someone the only time I can think of would be John Elway when he was drafted by the Colts and didn't want to play for them and Denver were able to make a deal before he threw a pass How long was Drew Brees in San Diego for? He was only there for a, for a year or two and then he injured his shoulder but of course they got Philip Rivers coming in so it was a different scenario mm. They got the they they got the one they thought was. Don't forget, Drew Brees was a second round pick when he came out with limited size. People didn't foresee the career that he was going to have. And when, what was the story behind Eli Manning? Wasn't he traded to the Chargers? He was, but that was a bit of a sweetheart deal where the Giants drafted Rivers, the Chargers drafted Manning, and they swapped because Manning right. had told the Chargers that he wouldn't play for them. I mean, quarterbacks have been picked up. You know, I mean the Packers got Brett Favre for, for next to nothing. But I mean, Brett Favre wasn't Deshaun Watson when he was, when he, when he was traded. So I can't recall it being a possibility for, for, for a long, long time. And if it is, I'm, I'm missing one, but I just think if, if, if the realization is that you can get Deshaun Watson, I think you've got to move heaven and earth to do it. And 
I, I don't just think it's Chicago. I mean, there's a lot of teams that should be looking at doing that. If if you're Miami and you've got two a tongue of Iloa sat there, and you've got the third overall pick, and you can parlay this into Deshaun Watson, you've got to do it. I mean, you 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 just have to. So, and I think the thing is, you'd look at your own situation, Vern, and say, what's the upside of my guy? Do you know what? Unless you think that Tua can be better than Deshaun Watson, you've got to try and make that deal, haven't you? I think the organisation that it will make that bold, brave move with a trade going the other way is Las Vegas. Okay. The Raiders. Yeah, possibly. Very possibly. Because they've got a head coach and the general manager who've got the balls to make those kind of moves. You know the other one will do it? John Lynch in San Francisco. Yeah. Can you imagine... Deshaun Watson with Kyle Shanahan, by the way. Ooh. You imagine that? Ooh. All that. And they've got talent. They're not the kind of team that have got big holes. So they're pretty much okay. They've got a, you know, a good roster, but they've got under control to a large extent. So they're in a really good position to do it. I want, I want to doff my cap, you know, in reflection of the season. You brought up the San Francisco 49ers. You've got to doff your cap to the quartet of running backs that took the mantle on that team and played well. You know, when they were called on, they were reliable. They ate up the groundwork and they kind of kept that franchise from embarrassment, really, those running backs. And you're right, they've got, they've got a squad of players when they're fit who can really challenge. But the one question mark is Jimmy G. Exactly. So you're right, you know, give up four first round draft picks or I'll send Jimmy G the other the other way. It's there. People get people get bogged down sometimes with 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 with, with the term first round draft pick. You know, if you go back to last year's draft, thirty two players were taken, and quite a large number will have had very little impact on the team that that they've been picked by. You know, it's the biggest currency in football. If you've got first round draft picks, you're the richest man in the room. But they're only good picks if you pick the right player. So you know. It's, 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 it's not an exact science by any stretch of the imagination. And I think sometimes you can look at a player like Deshaun Watson and you actually know what you're going to get. The naysayers will come back and go, well, hang on a minute. He couldn't win at Houston, could he? So why is he going to win anywhere else? Why would you give that up? And that is a valid argument. You know, he's not a... Oh, hang on. All right, all right, all right. But then you could say, well, yeah, if you take away his number one target and then if you look at Kyler Murray in... Arizona mm. and the relationship that he's built with said wide receiver. But they might turn around at that stage and say, well, hang on, they gave up everything they got to get him the left tackle, Laramie Tunson, who's one of the best in the NFL. So they protected his blind side. Even though they traded Hopkins, he's still got Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. It's not as if he's, he's throwing to no one. And they're, you know, they would have been picking third overall this year had, Bill O'Brien not being such a bad general manager by trading everything away for some mad reason. But it wasn't as if he was he was playing for a team that had nothing. I mean, if he went to Chicago, you can make a you can make a case that he had better weapons in Houston. So maybe he wouldn't be the be all and end all for the Bears. I don't know, but I just think you've got to do it if you can. And I'd love to yeah. see it. I wish there were more big trades in the NFL. Baseball's great for it. You know, get a situation where the best players are traded right, left, and center. And it's really exciting. I'd like to see a bit more of that. In well, look what's just happened in the NBA. The Rockets have just traded James Harden. Yeah. yeah. 
I'd love it. I'd love a bit more of that. I've got my fingers tightly crossed because Sean Watson is oh. the Chicago Bears starting quarterback. That's my dream. And it's not the first time you've made an outrageous call and it's happened, Darren. So let's find out. Well, I'll tell you what, we did it last week and we're only doing it because it is the playoffs. Let's get your predictions, shall we? Just how did you do last week? You beat me last week, did you? I, I called the Browns. Wildcard weekend. So we both went Bills, didn't we? Yeah. I went Seahawks and I think you went Rams. I don't know because there was confusion about their quarterback. I went Ravens for sure and was right. I went Titans. We both went Saints. Oh, we didn't. I went Bears. I had a little punt on my Bears, didn't I? I just you did go Bears. I went Bears. <laughs> I could have played myself and given more chance. We both went Buccaneers and you went Browns and I went Steelers. So I think you, you edged it by one, I think, last one or two last week. So you had a better week than I did. Browns-Chiefs then, Vern. I, I think this is a Chiefs landslide win. I think this is going to be more emphatic than the Conservatives over Labour in the last election. Well, I think if the Browns can keep their heads, and that's the key, if they don't let their temperament dominate their on-field performance, I'm going to go the Browns mm. and I'm going to go fourth quarter with 20 seconds left, Kareem Hunt from the 20-yard line into the corner of the end zone. So not only are you giving predictions, you are now predicting outcomes as well. I'm calling the play, Darren. This is on another <laughs> level now. By the way, did you see the fellow talking about that? You want to get a bet on that because that would get you a lot of money. There was a fellow the other night, Man United-Burnley game, and he had a bet on four players to get a yellow card, and he got he got them all, and he won fourteen grand. Did you see that? No, no, no! Wow, he picked four players to all be booked. I mean that. I mean that's a big call. That four players to get a yellow card won fourteen. He actually named them. Yeah, I think the Luke Shaw wow. one that went under review was the one that won in the fourteen grand. <laughs> Rams yeah. packet. I think that'll be even more emphatic than the Chiefs game. I, I can't see how the Rams can can do the Packers in Lambeau. I'm going Green Bay. Big. Yeah, unless unless the the Rams, I don't know, it's going to be a miracle and a half. I'm going Packers. Aaron Rodgers all day at home. Yeah. Buccaneers at Saints. I'm going Bucks, despite the fact the Saints won both games in the regular season. This is Tampa time, Tommy time. This is this is Brady's day. Yeah, it's got to be Brady's day. And you said it, if, if uh, Alvin Kamara has a day at the races, it's going to be difficult for Tampa Bay to claw back the points, which means that uh, Tommy Two Guns, the god, the, Tom, the mighty Tom Brady, is going to pull out a performance that's legendary status. He's got to. He's got yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, and I said it in our WhatsApp group. I think it was our WhatsApp group. I have no confidence in Drew Brees' arm whatsoever. I agree. Totally agree. I think he'll retire at the end of all this. I think this is the last go-round for Drew Brees. I think if you're a Saints fan or a a fan of him, you want to watch it the weekend because you might be seeing him on the field for the final time. He's got the job all tied up with NBC. I think this is the perfect time for him to go, not just from his perspective, but the Saints also want to maintain the trajectory they're on. So I think this is a good time. I think this might be the last time you see him if he loses at the weekend. And for the history of the game, I want Tom Brady to go out and win this year's Super Bowl. So we will see. So I'm calling books as well, Darren. Okay, then Ravens, Bills, this is going to be a cracker. Absolute cracker. It's a difficult one because both of these quarterbacks are playing with so much confidence. In Buffalo too. It's in Buffalo. I would say that the Bills, in my opinion, have a better all-round offence than the Ravens. 
You know, they can launch the ball to anyone, receive a tight end running back. And I think the Ravens' offense is, is a little bit limited or less productive, in my opinion, than the Bills. So I'm going to go Bills at home, but only by a maximum of seven points. We have agreement on two and disagreement on two. So you've gone Browns and I've gone Chiefs. We've both gone for the Packers. We've both gone for the Buccaneers. You've gone for the Bills and I've gone for the Ravens. Nice. Let the games begin. Let the games begin, my friend. And now we mentioned last week that we got some kind of announcement that we couldn't say anything about last week. But we can say something about this week. And we're delighted to let you know that we're going to be doing the Super Bowl, aren't we, this week? Yeah! We're going to be doing the Super Bowl for Five Live. You and I, it's back on BBC Radio Five Live. So we're going to be doing that. I'm going to be presenting this week um, the 8 o'clock game on Sunday night with Jason Bell, which is the Browns at the Chiefs. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to be presenting the first of the championship games next Sunday. And then on Super Bowl Sunday, you and I, my friend, are going to lead the Five Live coverage. And we're going to do Super Bowl Sunday together, which is going to be an absolute blast. I'll be commentating on the game and joining in with you. You'll be leading things. We'll have guests on, you know, people popping up from time to time. And we're going to do it like the good old days. But you and I are going to do it together for the first time. And I'm really excited about it. It's going to be really good. I mean, I, I will not be calling play-by-play, I'm telling you, no. Not a That's chance. I'll leave, that, I'll leave that responsibility to you. That's what you think. <laughs> I said, go on, Vern, just take this one. Let's have a go, see how you get on. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. But, yeah, it's going to be an absolute privilege, Darren, to be able to sit with you, uh, as I've witnessed only once before when you've turned on the red light and give it the old uh, the colour when we were at the Super Bowl in Miami last year. But it will be a joy to sit next to you and, 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 and just tell everyone what we're seeing at the Super Bowl because that's the joy of this game. Yes, it goes on for three hours. Yes, there's lots of stopping and starting. But there's a lot that goes on that keeps you entertained. And it'll be the first Super Bowl ever where I've not had a drink. Yes, it will. But you had enough last year to last you to this year. You'll be all right one year. You'll be, you'll be... <laughs> what I would say as well, I'd, I'd just ask everybody out there because, you know, I know you're going to watch it on the telly. Of course you're going to watch it on the telly. You know, it's, it's one of the great nights. Just have us on in the background and let us be a little bit of an accompaniment to it because we're going to try and have a bit of fun with it. We're going to get some guests coming on. We just want to add another layer to what everybody's doing. If you're driving around and you can't get the TV on, then great, we can be your eyes and ears on the big night. But if you have got it on in the house, give us a little go and see how it is because we can be a compliment, we hope, to what you're doing. Simon's working hard to make sure we've got some big guests to come on, You know, people from the NFL to come and talk to us during the course of the night, which we always like to try and do. We'll make sure we've got a really good summariser who can help to paint those pictures. And we'll try and bring a bit of fun and a bit of entertainment and all the razzmatazz that we always get on Super Bowl Sunday and try and enjoy it with you as, as much as we possibly can. So cannot, cannot wait. Um, Going to be great. And uh, it, it's, great. It's, great to have the, it's great to have the NFL back on national radio, to have the NFL back where it belongs on Five Live, it was there for so long. For some reason, it disappeared. It's back now. Uh, the NFL are completely behind us, which is brilliant. And we've got Vern that night. So we are rolling out the biggest of big guns. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cannot wait. Cannot wait. 
Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And we'll, I think we'll call in a few flavors from our friends in the NFL. And we'll see if we can get some people, some big names. Yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to that. And like I said, um, it is a special night. And everyone, all the UK broadcasts, be it radio or telly, are all coming from the UK. Uh, so none of us will be out in Miami. Neil and his Sky team are going to be uh, in London. I think Chappers and OC and Jason are going to be up in Manchester commentating on it from there, live on the BBC. You and I will be together. I think we'll be partitioned, but we will be together. We will we'll be socially distanced in a big broadcasting room, but I'll be able to see you. Yeah. So Which, when we're in Minnesota by the third quarter, I couldn't see you. So that's, <laughs> going, to a, that's going to be a big improvement on that night for sure. Uh, <laughs> We are going to call in one or two favours, but it is the way. It's got to be done that way this year. And the reason why um, is obviously with, with the restrictions, but just to kind of explain what those restrictions are, if you want to go and cover the Super Bowl, you have to quarantine for two weeks prior and two weeks after. So to do Super Bowl Sunday would essentially mean 28 days in quarantine. So that's how careful everybody's being at the moment to make sure that we don't spread the virus unnecessarily. So everybody's taking the decision to be here, which is the right decision. Um, hopefully by this time next year, we can be getting excited about being out there, which, is, which would be wonderful. But at the moment, the priorities are so much different, so much more different to that. So we're going to be doing it properly. We're going to be doing it safely. Um, and we're going to be doing it in our own way. And we'd love to have you along with us that night. Bowl of chips, couple of hot dogs, bit of chilli, couple of lagers, Fletch and Vern. What more do you need on Super Bowl Sunday apart from a decent game? I ask you. I ask you. There you go. Hey, wait there, Darren. Wait there one second. I've already started, all right? I've already started with the bits and pieces that are going to fill our commentary booth. As we wait with bated breath for Vernon to return. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He's back. I've yep. got something for you. Now, I know that every time we go to the States to watch a Super Bowl, you love a snack. And by snack, I mean, it's probably two or three hot dogs, it's a bag of uh, tortilla chips, it's salsa, it's guacamole, it's all of that. Yeah. We're going to have this in our commentary booth. Oh, I'm loving that. The popcorn will be in. Get the popcorn in the hat. Fill that baby up. Fill that baby up. <laughs> I love that. You're definitely bringing that with you. You've got to bring it now. The Super Bowl 
snack helmet. Oh, I didn't realise you could put things in the front as well. Yes. Oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> look at that. That is a belter. Super Bowl 54, boom. The interesting thing will be to try and get Simon to distract you while I have that away when I leave. Yeah. Where's that snack hat gone? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, make sure you bring that. It's I might bring this because you, you always get the souvenir mugs, don't you? I've got mine on the, from last year. Look on my desk with bits and bobs in it. Nice. I might bring this on my drink out of just so we well, feel- I'm, a bit, I'm a bit concerned as to where we're going to get our Super Bowl programs from. Well, you can, you can buy them online. So if you, the NFL shop will sell them. Um, right. And if you order them when they first come out, they kind of guarantee you'll have it by the big day. So, because they've okay. got two weeks, haven't they? So, midway through that first week, if you order it then, you'll have it by the night. And we do need to get hold of a couple of those because there's some great stuff in there that we can, we can use on the night. So, we'll make sure we, we get one of those. I've yeah. got to work out how I'll get the merchandise, my friend. Never know. Program. I know. And I, I've got, I've got to get my porcelain Super Bowl mug, which I've been doing for quite a while. Yeah, well, we've got Super Bowl memorabilia to think about. We've got uh, how we get our mugs, because I always get a fridge magnet and a mug. I don't know how I'm going to get that. That'll probably be online. But I'm sure the NFL UK office will help us out. Well, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. All right, Darren. Well, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Yeah, we've got to make sure we do that. So I'll be on... on Sunday night from eight o'clock, and I'm trying to persuade Vern to come on the blower for five minutes to tell us what he's doing in the house that night because I know you'll be watching. Um, Jason Bell will be alongside me. Super Bowl Sunday, join me in the big fan. I cannot wait. It's going to be one of the highlights of the broadcasting year for me to be alongside my pal and doing that the big game on the big night for you. So, really looking forward to it. Loved it again this week. Just to recap the picks Vernon's gone Browns, I've gone Chiefs, we've both gone Packers, we've both gone Bucks, VK's on the Bills. DF's on the Ravens. Redemption for me this week, I'm hoping. (laughs) All right, we'll see you then. This time next week, we will be debating our picks and who we think, who we think will be going on to compete in Super Bowl 54. From me, Vernon Kay, and him, Darren Fletcher, this has been a Shooting Shark production. We bid you farewell and we'll see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.